Hi, everybody. It's episode 379 of PodQuest again. Hey, hey, he did it right this time. He being Walnut. It's Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. I am Chris. With me is Drew. Hello. I'm Walnut. Hi, I'm here. I already asked you guys how you're doing, but it's not in the recording, so how are you guys doing? Pretty good. I, you know, still flustered. <laughs> uh. yeah, but uh, at least you hit record this time. That's the important yeah. part. And, and yeah, this we... clap was fucking in sync. Look at that thing. <laughs> oh, it was. It was... The first one was better. The first one was better. Like, this one's literally directly in a line. Look at this. Mine looks like it's a little bit before you guys, but the the other one, all three of them were just right in a line. Mine looked all all in a line to me as well. Um, So so we have, we do redundant recordings. So we record with Zencaster, and then we also record locally, because locally it's a little bit better quality. Um, and, And... Somebody forgot to hit record on their audacity. <laughs> um, so we had to, had to redo that intro. Uh, luckily, luckily it was only the how you guys doing bit before, before he realized. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it was literally like, as you're saying, how we doing? And, and I'm like, oh fuck, wait, I was supposed to do this. Click. Wait, now we're missing stuff. So I, I gotta say it anyway. Um, but it's yeah, all right. It's so when, when we were recording over the weekend for bonus action. Uh huh. Patreon.com slash slash one quest if you if you want to listen to that sooner. Um the very last uh part at the end, I was getting ready to hit stop, so like I had moved the, the mouse over and my mm-hmm. finger slipped and I hit stop too early. <laughs> oh boy. And then immediately hit record again. So there there was like it, it worked out perfectly though, because you were just you did something and you were just like kind of dragging out what you were saying um so it like cut you off like a fraction early and then yeah. by the time it picked back up somebody else was talking and it was just i couldn't actually find find it while listening <laughs> back to it i'm like man that worked out really well yeah <laughs> yeah you, you got lucky uh and just think Cobb, that was us all sober after five hours wait until we are drinking if we have a night session or a post new year's session <laughs> or a new year's day, day session <laughs> a new year's day session um pretty much a saturday session uh um yeah it's it's gonna be that i i will admit this last session was such a blast like i had a good time the first one but this time it was like a lot more fun because we're all like getting into the method of things and you guys seem you guys seem to be doing better um rich you you need to get better though you need Uh, to get good that that intro we can i've been recording podcasts for how long has this podcast been going on five six years since 2014. Uh, since 2014, so uh, seven and a half, seven years, um, almost eight. Um, yeah, I, I'm still never going to get good at, at at intros or at remembering that we're recording and stuff. Trust me, it's it's just never going to happen. Um, well, to to be fair, at how many times have you introed this show? This show never. Uh, actually, none of my shows ever. It's just bonus action. It's the first time I'm full time like starting host, I guess, or whatever. Or opening host, I guess. You would think, uh, though, with, with how many times you've rewatched Critical Role, you'd have that, like, DM intro just down by now. Um, well, that's the thing. Uh, I am not a Matt Mercer. I am probably more a Ashley Johnson or, uh, Laura Bailey when it comes to stuff like that. Um, and you being a new Critical Role watcher will find out what I mean by that. Uh, I'm just, like, when it comes to just opening, I'm always a little disorganized, and then I get my head into it. I feel like you would, you would honestly, and I know you keep saying you're going to do this, you would really benefit from just getting yourself a better tablet. 
that is oh, actually functional? That's that is it's it's uh it is. I'm working on it. Um, probably gonna. I'm I'm hoping Cyber Monday I can get something. Uh, something decent and new and works well and stuff. I also want to try to incorporate like background music and whatnot in this in the game that I can't do with just my uh dinky little iPad Mini. That also becomes very complicated because then we also have to run stuff to the mixer, and unless unless everyone wants to start bringing headphones and wearing headphones, yeah, I know um, they're not going to be able to hear it. Yeah, but um, it sometimes help with ambiance. And we're still trying to get everybody like to actually talk into the microphone. Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a learning curve. We're all getting there though. Yeah, no, I mean, look, no no one is so bad at it that they're not being picked up. So that's the important. Yeah. Thing. I think the, the person I had to like mess the volume with the most was Sean because he he had the mic just slightly off to the side and he talks a little bit lower. Yeah. So it was just all right. I'm gonna just crank you up a little bit higher and now everything's okay. Yeah. That that uh that that, that switchboard is a great thing. Um. But we've got podcasts now to do and not bonus action. Don't don't you try and steer this show in a direction. <laughs> you don't host this one. You I steer I don't D and D shit in a direction. Yeah, yeah, I know. What's on the agenda, Rich? Uh, on the agenda, uh, there's uh, stuff about music, stuff about blizzards, stuff about decays of states, stuff about Xbox anniversary streams. Uh, uh, I'm, oh my god, that one was so long. And uh, we could probably, <laughs> we're probably going to get a chance to talk about uh, uh, recasting of uh, potential characters. Um, and then and more stuff. Oh my god, it's all long stuff. And then uh, a discussion on movies that Cobb watched. And then a reminder on Book Club as well. Oh my goodness, as many... Uh, we haven't had that many pages in so long. Well, so I was trying to make it a little bit easier, um, and including blurbs from the actual articles I was reading, uh-huh. instead of just either going off a of memory or, like, tabbing between things. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes so, sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Though I didn't do that for, for the, the Activision Blizzard stuff, which I probably should have. But mm-hmm. anyway, Drew... You, you went to a bunch of concerts. Uh, I went to three concerts last week. So all, all, all that, if we want to go back even a little bit more, I saw Rain as well, the Beatles tribute band. Oh, they're actually really good. I've seen them a couple times. W- one, I didn't realize they were American. Yeah, they're from like Vegas. Uh, well, they're from all over. Currently, the guy I, I meant they they play out of Vegas most often, I guess. Was the, uh, okay, fair. Or yeah, they're based yeah, I, out of Vegas, I guess is the right, best way to put yeah, it. I get- don't they they have like a residency sometimes in Vegas? Or I think so. They're also like they're one of they're they're like a um they're like a Japanese like idol band. Like they just cycle people in and out as like people retire or don't or like what whatnot. The guy so they've that, been going for like twenty years. Yeah, the guy that's currently John is from Philadelphia. Oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so went to that, and then last week I saw. On Sunday, it was War on Women, who are like a punk band, female-fronted punk band, who opened for Alkaline Trio and Bad Religion, which was a pretty awesome show. That yeah, was... I've always wanted to see Alkaline Trio. I forgot that they were playing in Philly. Yeah, that was uh, up at the Met, which I had never been to, which it's a really nice place. I mean, it was an opera house, so surprise. Yeah, it's really Where... nice. Is that the, is that the one in Center City, or is that like the one that's like outside of the city? No, it's up Broad Street a little bit. It's a little like north of Center City. Okay, I've um, never been there either, but I just wanted to confirm. 
Yeah, it's like I don't I forget how many blocks north of like Spring Garden, but it's like before it's north of City Hall up Broad Street, but before you're getting to like Temple and whatnot. Okay. Um then Thursday I went to the Union Transfer to see Milo and Bad Bunny. Or Beach Bunny, rather, not Bad Bunny. Never heard of either of them. Um they're those are newer bands. I mean, the lead singer in Milo is only twenty. So oh, wow. yeah, like uh they were both fantastic. Uh like Beach Bunny is this like poppy rock band, like little bit of the like kind of surfery sound on the guitar, you know, that like not quite ska, but Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For their last song, they had us do a wall of death. Nice. It, it was pretty hilarious. That, that's that's the dumbest thing in the world. I love it. It was great. It it very fit with the opening of that song because it's about being mad at a boy. <laughs> um, but like that show definitely tended to skew younger in age and probably a, a, a little more heavily on the fe- female in the audience. And so like the lead singer is a girl, and she's like, "All right, we're gonna do a wall of death." and Everyone just pushed to to the sides, and like me and the person I went with, we were kind of in the middle to begin with. So like, as we went over to our left, like we were on the outside edge, or at least I was of the wall. And like I'm looking over, and there's just like five like teenage girls, and then this one big dude who like a little bit smaller than me, and it, like. And then right next to me are just, like, four small girls. And I'm like, all right. And then me and this other dude across the way, like, make eye contact. And I'm like, all right, you and me, like, don't fucking run into anyone else. And he was, like, <laughs> like patting his chest, like, to do a chest, like, know that he wanted to do, like, run and jump and do a chest bump. And I'm like, all right, I got you. <laughs> and so that's what we did. <laughs> nice. And then um, the next night, at uh the foundry at the Fillmore, which is like the upstairs really tiny venue there. Mm-hmm. Uh shit. Well uh Dollskin, who's a bunch of younger, mostly female, uh punk band. Um then a band called Bad Cop Bad Cop, which was like middle-aged women punk band. And it it like had the weird feeling like it was like if you told me the people in Bad Cop, Bad Cop were the moms of everybody in Dollskin, I'd have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the age difference between those two bands. Like, oh, wow. But, like, they were both awesome. And then uh, Anti-Flag was the headliner for that show. And they were oh, wow. crazy good. They put on, a, like, I saw them with Flogging Molly in 2018. And they put on a really good show. I like Anti-Flag a lot. Yeah, they were really good. Um and apparently going on tour with them is um, this thing called uh, – hold on, let me f- double-check what it was because I bought some other merch. Uh, Punk Rock Saves Lives. Uh, they go on tours with different bands and have the bands pick, like, a charity to put money towards or something that they want to support. And uh, they were doing sign-ups for the Bone Marrow donation list. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and I would have signed up, but apparently if you have sleep apnea that requires a CPAP machine, you are ineligible. Really? Yeah. Although, and, like, they were saying that it's not the way bone marrow transplant stuff used to be done. It's a little less invasive now, apparently, but in any case, I couldn't do it, 
but I bought a new lanyard and a sticker and a mask from them for like 10 bucks to all go towards their charity and whatnot. That's cool. Nice. So yeah, yeah I saw a lot of punk this week. Yeah. yeah, I actually just saw that um in April, uh, Senses Fail and We Came as Romans are playing The Electric Factory. Mm-hmm. And tickets go on sale, I think, on Friday or next Friday. But I might I might look and, and see how much those tickets are. Because I only ever saw Census Fail, like, one time at a Warp Tour, and it was not good because it was Warp Tour. Um, they were and, like, fucking really good when I saw them at the Electric Factory. Well, I remember you saying that, and it's like, hmm. Maybe it was just, you know, it was 112 degrees in July, and most things aren't good in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember seeing... Um, what's it called? What is that band? Run to the Hills. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Uh, and it was like the hottest day of the year. And the show was great, but the experience sucked. Because it was like, like, I, I, this is like, it's always in my mind when I think about this, this show was, uh, like, I'm all the way, it was at, uh, the, um, was it the BB&T now or whatever, the Twitter Center, whatever, whatever yeah. it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was I was on the grass all the way near the back, and so I, I you had to watch the the screens to actually see what was going on on stage. Mm-hmm. And even on those like shitty low def screens, he at one point grabs a shirt and twists, and you can see the waterfall of sweat <laughs> coming up on those shitty screens. That's how hot and terrible it was. Then. And it was like it was it was it was them and um, Alice Cooper, I believe. Oh, that's quite a show. Yeah, I, I can't I can't remember who else was there. It was a really good show, but it was just yeah the 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 when you're in when in heat like that it just sucks. Yeah, man, I just had to double check because I couldn't remember um what the like what it was actually currently called um and like I always forget just how many fucking names the BB and T place has had. Was it on like six or seven now? Um, one, two. So I guess theoretically it's four, but I believe it was. I think it's five. It's I think it's actually five because I think it was originally the Blockbuster Music Center, uh huh, and then became the Blockbuster Sony Music Entertainment Center. Okay, and then because it was the E Center, right? That's what everyone called it. Uh huh. And and then it became the Tweeter Center in like the early two thousands, mm. and then a few years after that became the Susquehanna Bank Center, and then BB and T purchased Susquehanna Bank in like twenty fifteen, yeah, and it became the BB and T Pavilion. Okay, yeah. Like, I've I've never seen shows at it as the tweeter, but I know it as the tweeter. So like really? the tweeter is what it was when yeah. I went to it, like or like the most, because like it was it was the tweeter center when I was going to warp tour every year. So. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I think I think I maybe only went to it once or twice while it was the Susquehanna Bank Center. <sighs> I don't even. I I, I, I I don't go there. Like I don't like that venue. No, it sucks. Honestly. <laughs> Like I, I honestly prefer going there for winter concerts where oh, it's just indoor. I went to one winter concert there and will never go to an inside concert there again. It was so, the I mean, the, fucking worst. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's still not great, but when it's open up, like the lawn sucks there. The lawn's just the absolute fucking worst. Oh, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather just stay home and listen to like and like the music on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but. At least when you're inside and it's closed, it generally sounds a little bit better. Uh, um, I'm going to tell you that is incredibly dependent on where you are. Oh, I mean, that's that's fair. But, like, I have been in the actual, like, standing room, and it's it's been decent. 
And I've, I've been in the seats a couple of times and like, I've never, it's never been bad. How, but I know like there are some places where it is just bad. How far back were you? In the seats? Um, I, I'm usually in like the, the more front section. Um, so like there's the, the there's the one walkway that uh-huh. kind of goes through the middle and, um, right. And that separates you from like the, the back of the inside and the front of the inside. And then mm-hmm. in front of that is the standing room. Mm-hmm. I'm usually in that like front middle section. So like, the um in front of the soundboard i was gonna say yeah the soundboard is usually behind me so like it is actually balanced to be going behind me yeah don't ever sit in the back section because those doors are metal and all the sound vibrates them and reverberates Mm. off them and it was literally the shittiest concert experience i've ever had i've i i went uh when i went and saw um Coheed and um, Mastodon. Uh, we were seated almost right behind the um, the sound booth, and I was like, "This is a perfect spot." Then this is where I try to sit anytime we get concert tickets is behind the sound booth. It's like it's you get the best sound because that's where they're engineering the sound from. Mm-hmm. Um, that so I, I was at that concert too. That one was at least like the doors were open, so you weren't dealing yeah, with yeah, the yeah. the reverb off the doors. But I I went to uh, the Taste of Chaos tour back in '08. Um, so it was a Susquehanna bank center. It, then. Yeah, it was. It was an SB center then. Um, and I, but we were uh in front of where like, we were like the section in front of where the sound booth would be. Um, but off like to the side a little bit, and I, I thought that was great. And that was all indoors because it was like a mid October, November show, something like that. Um, I feel like I, I think I went to one of the Taste of Chaoses. I just don't know which one. Uh, I a lot of people went to the 08. Um, I went with Brian separately from everyone else, but I believe at least Anthony, Shahed, and Brandon went. You might have been there too, because that was the one that had um, Muck. Uh, no, no, that I definitely didn't go to that one. Yeah, it was. Let's see, uh, I'm looking at it. A Treyu story of the year as I lay dying. Muck, Midas, and oh no, that's it. I guess because it was like there were there were like two or three Japanese bands. And then the rest American, and so, like, they would alternate between the Japanese and the English band. It was really good. It was a really good show. It was, like, Muck's first or second show ever in the United States or something like that. The first or ever, second ever tour. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I might have went to, like, one of the first ones. Like, 04, 05, 06, something like that. I don't know. I believe Taste of Chaos wasn't... Isn't that... They ran... I don't oh, know. Oh, maybe... Fi- maybe 05 oh, five to 2010. Okay, yeah. So, who knows? But, yeah... I mean, we, we've talked about it before, like, concerts are fun. I like concerts. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pro music podcast over. It, it's nice It's nice that concerts are happening again. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've missed them so much. Yeah. It, it, now it's just a matter of, like, realizing when there's a band coming through that, like, I would actually want to pay the money to go see. <laughs> yeah, I've wound up just yeah. going to a whole fucking bunch of random shit and then winding up going, oh, hey, this fucking band was great. <laughs> Yeah, like I usually like to go like like the like the one you went to that was Anti Flag. Like I would have gone to see Anti Flag because I like them a lot. And then like if the opening bands were good, it's like okay, cool. Like yeah. I'm going to go like mm-hmm. add their music to my my yeah um playlist. Like I yeah. do that. I that's how I usually do things at concerts. Mm-hmm. I mean that's 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 how you should do things at concerts. I've been to concerts with some people that like they um it was one of the Foo Fighters concerts I went to. Um, they only cared to see the Foo Fighters. So, like, and it was in D.C. that we went to it, because it was, like, their anniversary, uh, big, like, festival show that they were doing with a whole bunch of bands. It was an all-day thing. 
And these people I went with, like, we decided to get a hotel room so that we didn't have to drive home that night. And so we get to the hotel room, we check in, and they're like, all right. And they sit down and relax. I'm like, guys, the show started 20 minutes ago. It's going to take us an hour to get there. Maybe we should get there. Like, why? I'm like, what do you mean, why? Well, the Foo Fighters don't go on until 9 o'clock. I'm like, these are $150 tickets. I'm seeing the entire festival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For for that ticket price, 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's like they were 100% dead set on just chilling until Foo Fighters. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, dude, there's so many good bands. There's, uh, like, Joan Jett was there, I believe. Um, uh, what was his name? I saw him at, 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 uh, at Firefly as well. He's like the jazz guitarist. Um, or he's like a jazzy guitarist. Can't remember his name right now. And it's gonna, it makes me so mad because I can't think of it. Um, and then there was a, uh, was it, I think Ice Cube was there. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. Let's see if I can just find this show online. Um, Foo Fighters DC show. Not TV show, DC show. <laughs> um, let's see. So the all-star DC gig. Let's see. Um, this is also the Broken Leg Tour. Or the breakaway. Oh, oh, where where he yeah. had like so the throne was, and everything. It was the first show with the throne. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was. Oh, cool, Jay. It wasn't nice. Okay. Um. Uh. But let's see. This show. Uh. Trombone Shorty is who I was trying to think of. Who isn't even a guitarist. He's a trombonist. But um. Joan Jett. Uh. Or just Hart in general, I guess, was there. Well, uh, buddy okay. Guy. Joan Jett and Hart are totally different. <laughs> uh. Girl symbol to diverse bill. In which his act was the only one fronted by a white man. Joan Jett and the Women of Heart brought the stadium to life with their classic rock staples. So, okay, both Joan Jett and Heart. Okay. Uh, Buddy Guy, Cl- Gary Clark Jr., Trombone Shorty, L. Cool J. Um, it was just a fantastic, like, like diverse show of so many different kinds of music and musicalities. That it was just like it was so good, and we missed like the first two or three bands because. They were in no rush to get to the show that we spent all that money on because they just wanted to see Foo Fighters. What, yeah, and I mean, like the worst part about that was that was like their umpteenth time seeing the Foo Fighters. Which at that point, like, I, let me tell you, Foo Fighters are great. I've seen them three times. I don't ever have to see them again because every show is the same show because they've been around for so long. They play all the hits and then they play one or two songs from the new record and that's it. I don't yeah, need to see them again. Which, I mean, that's usually how that goes. I mean, that's how Green Day is, too, but, like, I keep going to see Green Day. Yeah. Man, I saw fucking Boys Night Out 13 fucking times. <laughs> like. And you know what? There was all those times where they would play something new. Well, not new, new, but, you know, something that they didn't always play. Yeah. But exactly. also, also, Boys Night Out wasn't Foo Fighters level, so I'm sure the tickets weren't $50, $60 a pop. No. Like, but they're still. probably, like, a but reasonable also, price. Also, to be fair, I did go to concerts to not see any of the bands except for one like i went i went to a plain white tees concert to see boys Night Out. Drew, i think you went to that one too oh yes the, it was like it was me you and anthony yeah for like, sure we went we went to the concert boys Night out opened we then left, left. the concert <laughs> yeah i went to i went to mayhem fest and it, it i think it was like the one of the later years of the mayhem fest it might have been the first year i can't remember uh it was at the electric factory and we left after the first headliner because uh, nothing could beat Dragon Force. And it was, um, 
uh, uh, Kill Switch Engaged, which I'm kind of upset we left. Yeah, the but fuck also, did you leave? Kill hold Switch on, is hold so on. good. Let, let me finish. I also had the entire crowd fall on my ankles pre-surgery. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it, there was at one point, I don't know what happened, I think a, a pit opened up or something, but, like, the entire crowd just, everyone just fell and fell and fell onto me, and I was, like, the last person to fall, and I just had so many people just on my feet that after, uh, uh, Dragon Force was over, I, I couldn't walk. Like, I had to hobble back to the train station, and we took the train, so it was still, it took a while to get back there, so it was like, we saw, okay. like, two songs of Kill Switch, and it was like, they were like, you good? You, you good to walk back? You, you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I want to see this band, but I'm I'm in pain. I gotta go. Yeah, that's... I, I can at least understand that. Yeah, um, that's I, fair. I guess with all of this uh, this concert talk, though, um, have you guys seen everything going on with that, that Astro World thing, like the Travis Scott concert? Dude, that is no. fucked up. It is so. Uh, do you know anything about it, Cobb? Or have you? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I, I know the the general gist. So, Drew, do you know who Travis Scott is? I know the name, but he is a rapper. Yeah. Um, he he apparently headlines this thing down in Texas called Astro World every year. I don't know yeah. how many years it's been going oh, on for, but it's basically okay. like a it's like a rap version of Warp Tour. Right, right. Um, and apparently, um. Rap concerts now have pits happen at them. Yeah, um, that's, and yeah. that happened like like a pit broke out at at his concert. Um, and people started falling down and literally getting crushed. Yeah. And he he saw it happen and just there's a recording of it online where he literally like in the middle of the song doesn't have them stop the music or anything. Just goes, "Hey, there's a person on the ground over there," and then just goes right back into the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I think like there's a video many- of people shouting like. After that, or probably around then, like, stop the show, there's people hurt, people are, like, it's, it's horrible. And, like, there was, he, he, like, fed into the chaos during the show, from what I hear, that, like, he, he feeds on that, and he loves the chaos, and he always, like, tries to promote the chaos, and, like, he was just, he wasn't trying to stop the show, because it's chaotic and hectic, and that's what he likes, likes, and then you find out, I think it was Monday, that the most recent victim of the show was a nine-year-old child. Um, yeah, like, and, like there, there have been several casualties after this. Yeah, like, and, and, it wasn't just like people got injured; like, people died because they were getting crushed and stampled by giant crowds of people that just weren't paying attention. Yeah. Um, and it, like, there was a lot of stuff on like Twitter and and things where like people were like talking about like mosh pits and how they're dangerous and all this stuff. And I, I saw one going around a whole bunch, and it was somebody that basically tweeted out, "It's like people keep saying mosh pit etiquette. What etiquette?" It's just a bunch of people flailing around, and that was followed up by just hundreds of people responding, like with exactly why they're an idiot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And then people actually even posting videos of like people getting knocked down in crowds, and the entire pit immediately stopping and picking them back up, or yep. clearing people out of the way so that somebody could get out of the crowd if they didn't want to be there, or for forming circles around people so they could tie their shoe in the middle of a crowd. Literally saw all those three things happen during anti-flag. Yeah, they all happened during, at the Newfound Glory show. Yeah. I've seen pits where people's glasses get flown off and they stop everyone so that they can get their glasses. Someone yeah. someone lost dropped their phone during mm-hmm. uh, anti-flag. Someone picked it up and was like, 
<laughs> like the the pit stopped while he was just like holding up the phone. No one eventually claimed it, but and like I think he just wound up taking it back to the bar. But like they saw a phone on the ground, stopped, like pick up the phone, found, tried to find whose phone it was. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, there's it, a sorry, Rich, go ahead. It's like people out there when they think like punk shows or or metal shows and rock shows. When they think a pit, they think it's just everyone pushing people, no matter what they want to do, into the pit. And that's not what it is. It's the people who want to go into the pit go into the into the pit. People who want to watch the pit will watch the pit. And everyone looks out for each other. Like that is a hundred percent. You look out for each other. Yeah, and even pit. if you're not even if you're not in the pit, if you're just in the crowd, like you're going to get shoved, you might fall down. As soon as you lose balance, though. Mm-hmm. Eight people are there helping you get back up, yeah, whether yeah. you're in the pit or not. That, and like that same Mayhem Fest where I had the entire crowd fall on me. Not only was Evan, Anthony, and Shahed trying to pick me up, but like three other people were getting people up off of me to help me get up because they heard me like I was in pain. Yeah, like and, there, there is occasionally a couple of douchebags in a crowd, mm-hmm. um, and generally, as soon as they get out of hand, somebody like knocks them back down into place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so there is always somebody bigger at the concert to take that douchebag that is just being an asshole and, and put them in their place without causing any actual harm. And, yeah, it's just, it's insane, like, kind of the discourse that, like, came out of that. It's like, no, these people just don't know how to fucking act at a concert. This is not the, this is not how a crowd is supposed to behave. Like, go to any rock show, like, like, punk or metal or anything like that and watch how the crowd reacts. Like, that's not it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. pits aren't really all, pits aren't that violent. Like, people aren't in there throwing punches. Like, no. that is actually how no. you get expelled from the pit, by yeah, actually I, well, throwing punches. I, at local shows, I've seen punches being thrown and whirlwinds happening, but like... Well, uh, no, that's not throwing punches. That's, like, that's... No, it's not throwing punches, but it's still... Like, I've seen fists flying, but you know what to expect when you go to those shows in those kinds of pits. And if that's not your thing, you step away. It's not like what happened in this Astro Fest or whatever it was. Like, it's just... it it. it like, I saw so many people uh, not even arguing, like, oh, pits are dangerous. I saw people arguing, that's the price of entry and going into a concert is something like this. You know, you go to a concert knowing that you could die. And I'm like, no, fuck no. off. I go to a concert to watch a band play some music and have a good time. Yeah, like, I don't I have... sit there thinking, I'm going to die the entire time. Yeah, I have never felt unsafe in like like a like a punk crowd. No. No. Like I have never thought that I was going to fall down and get hurt. Like yeah, like you might get hurt just by mistake, but like again, if you fall down or something happens, there's going to be a bunch of people there trying to make sure that you are okay and help you get out of the crowd if you need to. Like the people people when they go when they were crowd surfing at the Newfound Glory show, like there were a bunch of people that just they got launched in the wrong direction and like the mm-hmm. people weren't ready for it. And, like, when those people almost hit the ground, there were a bunch of people diving to catch them so that they didn't land on the ground on their head. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I know um, uh, people were also posting uh, uh, to, like, the tweets kind of, like, against pits, like, videos of concerts, of bands, like, stopping the concert when, like, somebody went mm-hmm. down. Like, the one yeah. that, that I saw got get posted a couple <laughs> times was actually a Linkin Park concert where, like, Chester stopped the show. Because somebody fell down and like actually like kind of like not like read the riot act, but was kind of just like, yeah, no, that's not what that's not how we do it. Like if somebody falls down, what do you do? And like the whole crowd yelled back, like help them up. Yeah, it's it's just. Yeah, Go. I recently saw a video going around from I'm pretty sure it was like a fucking slipknot show of 
people pushing a guy that's in a wheelchair around in like a circle pit. Like it was the most wholesome fucking thing in the world. Like mm-hmm. this guy yeah. like is in a wheelchair, can't be in a mosh pit, but like they had it cleared out and people were like dancing along with them. And it's like, that's what mosh pits really are. Like not just danger trample fests. Yeah. It's, it's, Man, that makes me so mad. But well, you want to be mad about something topic. else? <laughs> a much lighter topic, right? Uh, yeah, so how much have you guys paid attention to the Activision Blizzard stuff over the last two days? Uh, I, I hadn't really followed any of it since we heard about the whole, like, uh, bro mentality that was there. Uh, a few, what was it, like two, three months ago? It was July. Um, yeah, so it was wow. even longer than that. Um, but yeah, I haven't really kept up on it until I, I just, I started getting tweets and texts about, uh, they're just walking out out of nowhere. Like just everyone decided to walk out and apparently there was this Wall Street Journal article about what's going on. Yes. Yeah, or so yet the article is why they're walking. Yeah. Well, so there, there's actually two Wall Street Journal articles. So yesterday, uh, what would that have been? Tuesday, November 16th. Uh, the Wall Street Journal post published an article. Um, basically outlining that uh, Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, apparently knew a lot more about the allegations that that have been raised um, than he let on, that he was not being entirely upfront with um, board members and shareholders about that stuff, and that he maybe didn't like brush them under the rug, but definitely made them less important. Um, including somebody who actually filed a suit against them, and I believe it was 2018, um, alleging that uh, she had been raped multiple times by her supervisor. Um, and it, uh, that was eventually settled, like, out of court, but, like, still. And some of the other stuff coming out was that, like, Kodak himself has also been accused of sexual harassment numerous times, along with basically everyone in charge of every one of their studios. Yeah. Um, they're... In the article, they, they name a bunch of people. Um, I'm not going to reiterate the names, but there were at least three or four like senior members of different studios that either resigned or were let go for behavior. And generally, it was not when the allegations were, were brought against them. It was sometime after they left for a different reason, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, one guy left because he was having visa problems. Like, not because he was a piece of shit, because he was having visa problems. Wasn't wasn't there someone who and uh, this isn't to like they they kind of made the right move they they left because they knew this mentality wasn't going to change yeah so and that they, was it was a toxic workplace that was the the recently promoted co head of Blizzard I believe she was um mm-hmm. let me find the article if I can is this the one yeah yeah so Jennifer O'Neill um. In August, she was named to be the co-head of Blizzard. Um, and she, I want to say it was just a couple weeks ago, actually, now. Um, it was basically announced that she was leaving at the end of the year. Um, and that she was apparently very public with the fact that she was brought into this position as co-head, um, was basically used as like a mascot and was actually making less money than the man who was also promoted to co-head. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Um, Oh, so I, I found her actual quote. So her quote was, I have been tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. And that was after she was promoted. Yeah. Um, and that she was paid less than her male counterpart, counterpart at the helm of Blizzard. Um, and the other 
just wonderful piece of news. I don't know if you guys will remember it, but back in, I want to say it was like July, August, when all this stuff originally came out, um, there was an email that came out from a female employee at Blizzard basically saying that, like, all of this stuff was was bullshit. Like, that what... um what was released by like the state of California and everything in their, in their investigation. Um, it, the, the actual quote was presented a distorted and untrue picture of, of our company. And that was from Fran Townsend. Um, I'm not sure what her actual role is at Activision, but anyway, it came out that, uh, Bobby Kodak actually wrote that email and then forced it to be sent from her account. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that, that guy is a huge piece of garbage, and so when that when that article came out, um, over a hundred Activision Blizzard employees staged an impromptu walkout. Generally, those things like they plan them, like it's not just like a they don't just do it spur of the moment. Like it's like all right on Tuesday we're going to do this. Um, and so the fact that they managed to get over a hundred people to walk out of the physical campus as well as people that were still working remote just stopped working. Yeah. Um. And the the thing they're demanding is the resignation of Bobby Kotick and for the two most senior members of the the board, I believe, to retire by the end of the year because like that company is being run by a bunch of just pieces of shit. Like, yeah. It. I like. I'm. I. I always say like a single person. Um. Uh. uh what's What's the word? Um. Not. Why am I? blanking on this word. Why am I blanking on a lot of words today? Um, but a single person protesting something and, 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 and not doing something won't do anything. But at this point, I'm not buying Activision Blizzard games. Anymore. So like, here, here's the thing. And I've seen a lot of people say this, devs included, from, Act, from Activision Blizzard Studios. Not buying their games as like a protest for this is actually, if anything, going to hurt the developers, like the people doing the work, more than it's going to hurt the company. Because what what will happen is if that company doesn't make the money they want to make, they're just going to fire all those people that were making the games anyway because they want to keep paying themselves millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it might have been Brian Altano actually tweeted it out yesterday, I believe, because um, somebody was basically like giving him shit about saying that. And like his his retort was Activision had their most successful year ever, like last year or the year before. And fired 7% of its staff. Like, they don't give a fuck about the people that are doing the work. They only care about their own pockets. So, yeah. if you don't buy the games, you're actually just hurting the people that are making them versus the company. And that that's the shitty part. Like, I mean, and I just, that's, that's how I feel about Chick-fil-A. Like, me not going to Chick-fil-A doesn't do anything except take the, the, the money and labor away from that store that I go to. So now those people are going to lose hours and, and money and not Chick-fil-A the question itself. Like, I, I, that's how I agree. I, I totally agree with it, but it's like, I, at this point, when it comes to this bullshit, like, I, I don't know what else to do, and I, this is fucking horrible. It's terrible. No, it is, and it, it's one of those things where if enough, I think if enough people actually boycotted it, it would have an impact, because the, the only thing yeah. that's going to change for them is if, if, if there's a, and not even boycotting, just enough negative press, like yeah. big negative press, not just in the games media, um, that actually has an impact on their stock. Cause I think I, I read in one of the articles I was reading that their stock did take a 6% hit, mm-hmm. um, I guess yesterday or this morning. So like, 
that was at least something, but like it needs to like really take a hit for the shareholders to then start demanding changes because that's where things will actually happen. Um, if mm-hmm. a per- if a high enough percentage of shareholders demand change at the executive level, the company is going to have to look into making those changes because the shareholders are the ones that actually own the company. <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of like you would you would need such a high percentage of them to be on the same page and realistically the majority of shareholders for a company like that they don't give a fuck they're a bunch of old rich white men who literally don't even probably know what they have shares in uh they just want their their pockets to keep getting stuffed with with dollars mm-hmm. yeah and that's it's just it's the bullshit of capitalism like it, it like they're i don't know i it, it, this shit frustrates me so much it disgusts me like i i just i i don't know what else to say I mean, rightfully so. Um, there, there yeah. are a couple of, I, I mean, not good things, but at least promising things, um, in, in weird ways. So, uh, Jason Schreier had a couple tweets in the last few hours. Uh, apparently, um, I don't know if it was, if he got it or if somebody else got it, but, um, there was an email that Jim Ryan, um, CEO for PlayStation, uh, sent to staff, to Sony staff this morning, um, apparently slamming Activision Blizzard. And, um, in it, he said, he said that they were disheartened and frankly stunned by the week's news and, uh, that they do not believe their statements of response properly address the situation. And then, um, Sony staff actually did confirm with Bloomberg, um, that Ryan said that PlayStation reached out to Activision Blizzard to, um, about the article asking what they were doing to address it. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't see that a company like Sony would be able to, not sell Activision games, but I could see them, if this goes on, gets any worse, I could see them pulling any sort of, um, funding that they give for, like, Call of Duty. Yeah. Like, like, and... like pulling their support for that sort of thing. Like, they'll still sell Call of Duty because they have to. Like, like, there's no way the people in charge of Sony will let them not do that. But if they can just be like, yeah, well, we're, we're just not going to give you these millions of dollars every year for exclusive content. Like, go fuck yeah. yourselves. Yeah. It's... Um, that, it's, that's it's like yeah, all their Halo stuff and right Halo, or not Halo. No. Um. Uh. Um. So Destiny, Destiny is no longer owned by Activision. Yeah, um, okay. Bungie Bungie split off. Uh, God, was that earlier this year or last year? I can't even that fucking remember. That was like two years ago. No, it hasn't been that long. I'm pretty sure it was like. When did Destiny Two come out? Wasn't that like 28? Yeah, but they they split off like two years after Destiny Two came out. Um. 2019. Yeah, fucking two years ago. Holy shit. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, it just it, like a year after it, doesn't, it came out. It, it simultaneously feels that long ago and not that long ago. I mean, if you told me it happened five years ago, I'd have fucking believed it. But <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. 2019. Um, and then, so along with the, the Sony thing, um, Schreier also tweeted out, um, employees across Activision, Blizzard, and King. And King is, so if you guys don't know or don't remember... So Activision is kind of like three different entities. There's Activision, which basically does Call of Duty. Like, they own the Call of Duty studios and, and other things, too. And then you have Blizzard, who is Blizzard. And then King is the Candy Crush company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of are each their own, like, entities inside of Activision. Um, so employees across Activision, Blizzard, and King tell Bloomberg they were underwhelmed by a series of meetings held today to address the ongoing crisis. Executives repeated talking points and defended Bobby Kotick as calling for his outings grew louder. 
each of Activision's three divisions had its own meetings, some more than one, to address the issue. Kodak did not appear, but other executives repeated similar talking points. They said that Kodak would work to regain trust rather than resign as employees have asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, can I find... And then Kodak, Kodak has also gone on the record of saying um, that they want to make sure that um, Activision Blizzard is the most welcoming and inclusive workplace. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I, I believe I, I've read in one of these articles, and like I read so many today to try and like get as much of like the full picture as I could, that um, the entire board is backing Kodak because Kodak has made them billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think it, I believe it was the, the initial, um, Wall Street Journal article. Yeah. So in the last 10 years, they've gone, they went from $14 billion a decade ago to over, to being worth over 40, 54 billion today. Jesus Christ. So like, yeah. And like Kodak has been with them since the nineties when he, he was one of the, the people that, that bought Activision out from bankruptcy in like 90 or 91. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like everyone in charge over there, like, they're fucking scumbags and it sucks because the people that are actually making games that like, you know, like we don't play call of duty, but millions of people love call of duty. And the majority of those millions have no idea what sort of just a disgusting fucking company that is. Yeah. And it's not the people making the games. Like they're probably generally decent people. Um, Like there's always bad eggs somewhere, but because there's no structure actually keeping them like accountable, they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's 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 the unfortunate thing because, and I think you pretty much kind of said this, like a lot of the Call of Duty players are going to be people that don't care about gaming politics and nerd politics and stuff. They just play Call of Duty because it's the only game they can get into. And so they're just going to keep buying it every year when it comes out and not, not be like, oh, well, speak up because of what's going on because they're not going to know what's going on. Or, on the other side... They're the dude bros that don't give a shit about what the dude bros are doing and support the dude bros. So, yeah, I just I just alienated a bunch of people who play Call of Duty because a lot of people who play Call of Duty are dude bros. I'll, I'll, I'll say it right now. But I mean, I, honestly, that's not the case anymore. That was that was ten years ago. Now, just like kind of everybody plays Call of Duty if if they like Call of Duty. Yeah, but like, yeah, like everyone plays Call of Duty if they like Call of Duty. Jordan, you play Call of Duty, but like. I'm, I like, I, and I honestly, if, if the games weren't friggin' $70 for a three hour single player, I, I'd play Call of Duty. But, like, there's a lot of people out there who just play Call of Duty because that's a, all they've ever played and it's so realistic and it's not childish. Um, like, I'm not saying it's the entire, uh, audience. I'm just saying, like, there are a lot of people out there who just don't care and just play the game because it's the game they play. Oh, 100%. And, like, like it's the game they play. Like, it's it's the thing that they have played for years. Same way that, like, there's people that, like, buy Madden every year. Like, yeah. And, like, a decade ago, 15 years ago, the kind of mentality of people that played those games was definitely, it was different. Like, they definitely were, like, the dude bros and the, like, like frat guys and stuff like that. Now it's literally just, like, it's a lot of people that just want to play games with their friends. And, like, Call of Duty is just the, it's the, it's the, the, the easiest one like they don't have to like really learn any systems or anything like that like they've they've played it for years so they just kind of keep going with it and mm-hmm. it's it's honestly it's it's the most consistently playable one like um battlefield just had its like um it, it just had its release this past week and apparently it's not very good yeah 
Like, I actually, I, they, they were, if you had Game Pass, you could play for like 10 hours, and I downloaded it, and then I saw everyone talk about it, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll wait a little while and see, like, if they patch some of this shit to make it, uh, not a disaster. Like, From what put I hear, in voice like, chat, because that's uh, really important in that fucking game. Yeah. Is, is there no, no native voice chat? There is no voice chat in the game. That's, uh, I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And I mean, like, ba- that's, that's Battlefield, though. Like, they, they release one game and it's, it's decent, and then they release the next one and it's a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. Like, EA unfortunately just can't find a, like, a stable foot when it comes to that franchise. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the games industry is just, it's, it's a messy fucking place right now. <laughs> just, yeah. everything's on fire. Um, but speaking of messy places, Drew, uh, you started playing State of Decay 2? Yeah, uh, it's on Game Pass. I signed up for that three months for a dollar. And um, I had seen a little bit of uh, the Next Lander guys playing it and was interested. Uh, Richie, you should play State of Decay 2. Uh, isn't it, didn't the third one come out recently? Oh, no, it no. is the second one. It came out in 2018. I think the second I, one just had um, like a, uh, a uh, an expansion, though. Yeah, so I, I believe so. No, it's, well, is it? Is it like open world survival, or is it like story based, or is it what? What is State of Decay? Because I've never actually looked into it too much. I do remember a trailer for it. Probably it was State of Decay too. Like, true, be- really before, interesting. Before you explain what it is, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna explain it like this. It's a Richie ass Richie game. <laughs> yeah, it is a Richie ass Richie game. Honestly, um, I mean, th- there's there's a lot in that category anymore. So, so. no, no, it, it's 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 a hundred percent you. It, uh, and actually, I will correct my earlier statement. We should play State of, State of Decay too because it's fucking online co-op. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it it's not a survival game like um, Ark or whatever. It, it's honestly kind of more like Fallout Four. Okay. Um, you start out, you pick two survivors from I think there was three or four options. Um, and then you're, like, trying to rebuild the settlement in a zombie apocalypse world. And you're finding other survivors and going around gathering supplies to then go back to your base and build, like, an infirmary and grow plants and, you know, shit like that. And then so is, getting is outposts. It, is it story-driven or is it just... There is a sandboxy. story, but it's a bit more sandboxy it's a lot more emergent storytelling like you will get a radio call from other survivors out there that want you to come help and then like the characters will all have slightly different traits and like as you uh gain experience with them and use them they'll go up rank in your settlement and then one of them can become the leader and depending on their traits well there are like four different classes for the leaders which open up like a different thing they can build in the town and then also different missions based on what they are uh there's permadeath for the characters and i literally just lost a character (laughs) earlier Mm -hmm. because our settlement was attacked and then like i went outside and then got swarmed by too many zombies um And yeah, yeah, it's like it's a fucking Richie ass Richie game, but it's really fucking cool. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's not it's not a game it. I would ever play, but like it's fun to watch. Cobb, you should play with us. Let's all three play. Fucking let's all night go off. Let's go. No that no thanks. Aw, boo. Well they did I guess <laughs> Juggernaut Edition just came out. Okay. It came out in, in March of last year. 
Uh, does does Game Pass include the Juggernaut edition, or is it just yeah, the base yeah. edition? Okay. I, I don't really know exactly what difference that makes. Like, I just picked the main, the top option in the like the campaign option and have played from there. But I'm, yeah, I'm just looking at. Uh, it looks like it's just State of Decay Two Juggernaut Edition. Like it was a. Uh, I don't know if it was a free DLC. Probably. It, it might have just been. It like was a definitely free... a free DLC. It was yeah. like a free patch or whatever. And it, yeah, it released in March of last year. Which <laughs> that's uh a little uh timely. <laughs> March 2020, a, a zombie survival game gets released. Um. Oops. Uh. But yeah, it it has definitely been on my radar. There's a bunch of those. Um. Uh. Like zombie-esque survival games that have been on my radar, like, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Daisy, um, which, that is a lot more of a Richie-ass Richie game than, 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 uh, than, than that one, State of Decay 2. But that is, it is on my radar. Like, I think State of Decay 2 might even be more. Like, from what I remember about Daisy, like, I mean, essentially that game just turned into a fucking battle royale game. Like I know, yeah, because that isn't that's the that's that that's the game that was modded out of Arma, right? Yes, yeah, maybe. And it, it's maybe. it's like a uh, is it first first or third person? I can't remember. Um, it but it's it's zombie survival. If you're playing on a public server, it's always live. So like, if you leave, like you better hope you're in a safe space because if somebody comes and sees your stuff, they're gonna take they can take your stuff. Um, I would never play on a public server because of that. Uh, but it's just like, from what I hear, the, the, uh, like, survival in that game is a lot more difficult than in, say, like, Seven Days to Die and stuff. Um, but I've just, I've been looking for it to come, cause it's still, it came out in, uh, our official release was December of 2018, and it's still 50 bucks on Steam. 40, $45 on Steam. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I, I checked. It is, it was a mod off of Arma 2, and the original mod released in, like, 2013. And I believe, if I remember correctly, because it's not actually in this one, but I think DayZ is the game that um, Player Unknown kind of like modded to like get that the foundation of right. PUBG. That sounds right. It could be. Could be. I'm not sure. I know. I know he was a like he did modding before um, PUBG like became a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the game's concept design, who had previously Arma 2 and Daisy. Yep. Yeah, so he, Player Unknown had worked on, like, Daisy and Arma 2 mods before developing it into PUBG as it, as it is. Yeah. Which I did not know that the reason it's called PUBG is because the creator was Player Unknown. Yeah, the game yeah. is just called Battleground, but, but, like, it's Player Unknown's, like, Battleground. possessive Battlegrounds. I did, I did not know that until just now. Hey, you live, you learn. But it's also, that's also something I didn't, like, here's another thing, Cobb, this might blow your mind, and Jordan, I can't remember if you watched uh, Game of Thrones, Nope. but uh, the dragons in Game of Thrones aren't dragons. No, they're wyverns or whatever. Wyverns, wyverns, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that until I bought uh, a Rhaegal Pop and realized that he only has two legs and not four. Yeah, yeah, because their, their wings are their other hands, Their Their so wings are their, their hands slash... Arms, hand slash paws slash legs. Yeah, because if you yeah. if you remember, I mean, you probably don't remember probably, but yeah, he like they they use like the tips of their wings to like do things when they're yeah. on the ground. Sometimes it's just it wasn't anything I really no- recognized when uh when watching, and then like 
I, I've been watching all this, uh, all of the, uh, um, ARC playthroughs that the Neebs crew does on, on YouTube, on Neebs Gaming. And ARC has wyverns. And, and like, they've been corrected a million times because they always called them dragons. And I'm like, oh, right. Because the difference between the two is four legs and two legs. And then I saw the, uh, the Regal. And I'm like, oh, shit. I never realized that. They're called dragons, but they're not. They're wyverns or wyverns. Yeah. I mean, my, my argument for that is always like, in whatever, if, if the media says it's a dragon, then in that universe, it's a dragon. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's still like, in fantasy speak, at least it's like that's that's a uh, a like that's more of like a, maybe like the the D and D DM in me. Like that's a classification you actually have to recognize between dragons. And- oh yeah, and because in D and D they both exist, right? Yes. So that's what I mean. Yeah, like it, but- in a situation like that where both creatures exist and they are different, that's a different story than like. Game of Thrones, where, like, they only have the one creature. Yeah. And they call it a dragon. So, in the Game of Thrones universe, dragons are two-legged things. I wonder if that was the, his original design for dragons. In If George R.R. George R. R. Martin actually wanted the dragons to be wyverns and not dragons. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure. I don't remember if they were ever really described, like, specifically in the books or not. Uh, but, but Drew, anything else you want to talk about with uh, State of Decay? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I mostly wanted to just shout it at Richie because he should play it. We should play it. <laughs> like, well, if if you had said something like earlier this week, I could have said, "Well, let's do work together Wednesdays on my Twitch, and we could play after we stream after we record." But I don't have it installed today, so it's gonna take forever to do it. And it I don't it's wanna... not that big. I, I mean, I I I don't want to try to install it while we're recording, because that'll mess with the audio and stuff. So, I might try to afterwards, but I might also try to stream. Yeah, like, right. it, it was not Forza level of file. <laughs> Which is always a good thing. <laughs> uh, did you guys see the uh, the 30th anniversary stuff, for, or 30th, 20th anniversary stuff for Xbox? Uh, it, I had it on, and then it was like, oh, it's over? Yeah, it was very, it, it was disarmingly short. Um, also, it, just fun fact, um, Xbox has now been in the console game longer than Sega ever was. Wow, really? Sega made consoles for like twelve years. No, yeah, fair, I guess. Yeah, like they like the the um the Master years. System came out in what like eighty eight? I want to say that sounds probably right. And then the Dreamcast was discontinued in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I was about to say going back twenty years from. 2001 would be 1981 and fucking they definitely weren't making consoles in 81 so yeah i mean like nintendo is the only one that's never going to be beaten and not not console wise but um like they've been around since the 1800s making games like <laughs> they, uh, yeah the fact that they've never kind of leaned into that for like some sort of like big birthday it's like yeah it's our 130th birthday making games like it's not a lie uh, but yeah, so, so Xbox, um, the original Xbox was released on November 15th, 2001. So this past Monday on November 15th, they had a short little, uh, anniversary stream. Um, and the big thing that came out of that is they released the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. I, I've, uh, been meaning to download it to try it out, uh, cause it is free, um, to try it out. And it, I mean, the game's gonna be free for Games Pass users in general. Well, multiplayer uh, is free across the board. It's free to yeah, play well, as long as you have no, Xbox Gold. Yeah, yeah. And it's but I'm saying like it's free to play the multiplayer 
but also the game itself is going if you have games pass because that game's going to be free. Right. But yeah, it, it's uh, I I meant to I was gonna think about not gonna I thought about downloading it and trying it out. I might do that this weekend. I might if I have time maybe on Sunday play it um on stream or something. But I don't want to dedicate one of my normal stream nights to playing that. So I mean I yeah. honestly I I'd say it would be worth it because I like coming from somebody that doesn't usually like playing games like that. Like I had a lot of fun when I was in the one test flight for it. Like it, it's a very, it's a very polished shooter. Like yeah. it, it feels like Halo. It's it feels like I remember Halo feeling, which is like a Bungie game. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So it's technically the beta version. Um. But anything you do in it, any money you spend, anything you unlock, will all carry over into the proper l- release on December eighth. So I think that's just their way to get around. Like in case there's anything buggy in it. They're like, oh, well, it's not the full release yet. We still have, you know, two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but th- that was like a cool way to kind of, kind of end that stream. They also, uh, they they played the 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 original kind of reveal with the Rock and Bill Gates talking about the Xbox, and then they actually had the Rock record a new clip talking about about Xbox. And I, I said this in in our group chat, but like that guy has come a long way in delivery of like a script, like. In 2001, when he was on that stage, like, it was very, very bad. Um, like, you could tell he was, like, reading a, uh, like, a teleprompter or something like that and was just not used to having to do that. And then now it's just like, it, it, it seemed like he was just talking. Like, the, he, like, he wasn't necessarily reading something. He was just kind of, like, shooting the shit. And he made fun of himself, which is always good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then also, I forgot there was a uh, Halo series happening at, at Paramount Plus. They had a trailer for that. Did not watch it because don't really care. But like, I feel like they've been trying to get a Halo series going for like a decade now. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. They have. Um, it, it, they've, they've had several movies and like like one off like animated things happen. Yeah, they've been trying for so long. Wasn't there supposed to be one with um on like the Xbox One like when they were like all about TV? Remember yeah, like the yeah. original launch of the Xbox One? Yeah. I, I I remember them like uh, I think and I I think I might actually own it or own whatever like animated series they did make. No, no, I'm talking about there was there they were working on a on a live action one. I think Lance oh. Reddick was supposed to be in it actually. Like I think he okay. was supposed to be cast as like chief. Um, and it was a, a thing that because when the Xbox One originally launched, they were like staging it as like just this entertainment brand rather than a a game console. And I believe mm-hmm. it was it was kind of like what Sony did with Powers, where they were trying to do like their own entertainment stuff on the platform too. And I don't think I think it, it failed there, and then Xbox transitioned away from the whole entertainment aspect. I think it maybe went to like HBO for a little while, and now I guess they've they finally landed on something happening at uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah. So, um, and then the only other big thing that really came out of this was they released seventy plus new titles for backwards compat for um between Xbox and three sixty. It's going to be the last group of games they add, though. So, so it's not the full. Ba- it's not the full catalog. No. So they basically said, and, and I, I have the whole thing in here, but I'm not going to read everything. Um, but they essentially said that they've reached the end of what they can do due to either licensing, legal, or technical constraints. So like they're they're never going to have backwards compatibility on games that just have crazy license deals. Um, so like old Tony Hawk games, I don't think are backwards compatible. They might be, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, same thing with like old Guitar Hero and Rock Bands. 
like all that stuff you can you can play in the new versions for the most part like the the most recent ones but like i don't think that those games are technically backwards compatible either and i'm sure there's just games with like weird technical stuff that it's just it it was harder to try and make them play than was worth the time investment it would take to to get it to happen mm-hmm. but still like i was scrolling through that list and it was the list before they added 70 more games there's a lot of fucking games on there, and it seems like they tried to go and get as many of the games that they were getting a lot of requests for as possible. Yeah. Um, and apparently Phil Spencer's out there, like, kind of, like, encouraging people to, like, emulate old games. Like, not necessarily pirate them, but, like, find ways to, like, preserve them. So, like, mm-hmm. good on him. Like, he's, like, like they're, they're, if you can't play them, like, find a way to preserve them. Like, if they're not available for just people to keep. Um... And that was actually kind of part of, like, Xbox's um, statement regarding, like, the, the backwards compatibility, too, is that, like, they know preserving that stuff is important, and they want to keep, like, the legacy, like, around for future generations. So there's a, a pretty good chance as, like, new consoles come out, they will just keep that um, backwards compatibility going. Like, so however many games are in that catalog now will just kind of perpetually be available until it gets to a point where they just can't reasonably keep them available and it's also worth noting just because they're backwards compatible it seems like they're not necessarily definitely purchasable um because i know i I saw uh jeff gersman post that he he tried to buy um 50 cent blood on the sand Mm -hmm. and it was not available for purchase but it is a backwards compatible game as part of this new list so there was some talk that some games would be getting added to be able to be purchased again but in some cases, you might just need your disc. You might need to just pop your disc in, and it'll, but it'll play on your Series X or your your Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But happy birthday, Xbox! I guess good, good on them for for making it twenty years putting out stuff. Especially after a real rocky twenty tens, like twenty thirteen was not a good year for them. No, but yeah, this is this. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch any of the the Xbox anniversary. I, I think you sent it to us, but it was some, I think I was watching Legends because I was trying to catch up on that and. Probably, in my opinion, yeah. that was that was a little bit more important. I mean, like uh, you're not wrong. Like, like this was like 20 minutes. Like it, it, it ended very abruptly. It seemed, and yeah. frankly, like if you didn't catch up on Legends, you were going to have to wait until next year to catch up on Legends. So, yeah. like I get it. But uh, how about the uh, the stuff going on with Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever? Yeah. So. Um... I actually tweeted and I retweeted the uh, the post from I believe it's from the Hollywood Reporter that I tweeted. It might have been a different one, um, but as of right now, uh, uh, filming has been suspended uh, and delayed due to her being injured on set. Letitia Wright being injured on set. But now it also turns out because uh, um, uh, COVID vaccine rules are getting or COVID uh, mandates in Hollywood and pretty much around the United States are getting a lot more strict. Uh, she might not even be able to come back into the country for a while because she's not going to get vaccinated and is not vaccinated. Yeah, which um, uh, so the the movie is shut down till at least twenty twenty two, and that's from a report from a few weeks ago when yeah. it was just they they have literally filmed everything they can film without her up to this point uh, while she was recovering from injury. Uh, but now who knows when she'll be able to even come back into the country? Yeah. Which, so, like, it raises a question, like, how, first of all, she's anti-vax, which, which is stupid, uh, and second, she's also released some made, some really bad anti-LGBTQ and anti-trans tweets in the past. She has since deleted, I, I can't find them, I was trying to look them up, 
Um, but like, she's not really a good role model. So how would, how would people feel about maybe recasting such a pivotal character in a, in a series like this? Like, when we've seen major recasts, we've seen them because like, the guy who played Dumbledore died, or the woman who played the Oracle in, um, in the Matrix died. Like, and so they recasted them. But I don't think I've ever seen a recast in a movie like this. I mean, Marvel hasn't politics. actually, and not only that, like, Marvel actually has not recast any of their, their heroes no. to date. No. Um, I think, honestly, when it comes down to the fact that, like, it's actually a health concern, mm-hmm. um, and that she is not allowed into the country because of that, like, if she's refusing to do it, like, that's, that's her prerogative. Like, no one can force her to do it. But then, yeah, she is forfeiting that role, and like Marvel yeah. should look at other potential castings. Like, yeah. don't don't delay a movie that hundreds and hundreds of other people have busted their ass working on because the person who is theoretically the star of the movie um, doesn't care about everyone else's well being. Which I mean, and I'm not saying she's not the star; she's definitely going to be a co star of some sort. But based on rumors, I'm hearing that Umbaku is going to be the next Black Panther. Um, so, like... I'm pretty sure it's mostly been confirmed that she is actually the lead for the movie. Like, the movie is supposed to be focused on her, um, because it it seems like they are writing it that T'Challa has also passed away. So, like, and, like, if they're going off of any source material when when T'Challa has died in the comics, Shuri is actually the next in line to inherit the role of Black Panther. Okay. And so, like, it, it works. I could see them... I think if it hadn't, if, if they hadn't very vocally said that they are not going to recast T'Challa, um, I think it might actually be a little more likely to see another one of the more prominent characters from the movie become Black Panther. But I think because of that, they might try and steer away from having another male step into the role right away. Yeah. And like having the character of Shuri do it would make sense. And actually, you know what? I was wrong. They did, it, it was early in it, but they, they recast War Machine. I forgot about that. Yeah, they did. Oh yeah, but uh, like but that, that was that was literally the first movie of of the MCU. So like, who who remembers Terrence Howard? Um, like at this point, like Don Cheadle has done that role way more. Yeah, he's he's he is War Machine more so. Yeah, and like Shuri hasn't like she was prominent in Black Panther, but she really wasn't prominent in the Avengers movies in any real way. So like to recast that role just. Because, like, the actress isn't going to be able to actually fulfill the the role. Like, it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, she's, yeah, she's been in, uh, she's played major parts in two movies at this point in the MCU. But, yeah, she, at this point, you're delaying something and, in turn, delaying the rest of your plans because of one person. And, at this point, in my opinion, she's not a good role model. I don't think she should be given the spotlight in a superhero film. Which, I mean, that, that's a, that's a valid concern also. Yeah. And so, like, what, and like, so, Cobb, you're, you're in the understanding of, yes, she should be recast. Like, Jordan, if there was a character or something in a media that you liked that was like this and was halting production, would you be in agreement of, like, I mean, like, it's a major character. Would you be in agreement? Like, hey, they should probably just recast this character because it, it just kind of makes sense to uh 99 times out of 100 probably mm-hmm. like 
there's almost certainly some occasion where it's like, no, this person is that character. Just fucking stop then. Like, if they're not going to be in it, the thing isn't worth making. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah, and, and, yeah, I agree with that. This person is replaceable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, it's, uh, the, it's not like a Robert Downey Jr. thing where, like, she's been that character for a decade and it will, will be weird. It would be weird to immediately have somebody else step into that role. Um, which, like, they, they kind of got away with that by, like, you kill Tony Stark. Like, you don't have to use Tony Stark again for ever if you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like, she was not a prominent enough character, I feel, that having a different actress step into that part would, would hurt it that much. Like, it might be confusing for some people, but like, beyond just the fact that, like, she, she isn't setting the best example for people. Like, because, because of, of her stance on things, and like, the injury is different. Like, she got hurt, that sucks. Like, yeah. don't, mm-hmm. don't wish any, any, any harm to her. But like, she is now forcing the production to completely shut down with no idea when it'll resume. Like, that puts all of the people that work on that movie in a weird position because I believe, like, the cast and stuff like that is one thing, but the crew, like, they're, they're like contract. So like, when they're done one movie, they go work on a different movie. And right now, like, they're in a position where, like, they probably can't just go work on another movie because they don't know when this one is going to resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I- I'm sure there's some sort of, like, contract where, like, Disney keeps paying them. But, like, who knows if they're getting their full salaries and stuff like that. Or if they're if they are missing really good opportunities in, in, for films that, like, they're not getting to work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it also brings in the, the chance of, like... I the, the for the best way for me to put it the mustache to return even though the mustache was in uh Justice League and not in Marvel like there's a chance that a lead character might pick up a role and go into filming and have to keep or remove something like a facial hair or whatever that then they're going to have to superimpose during reshoots or whatever because they don't have it or they're going to have to remove it it's it's okay it. though the MCU is Disney owned they got um Industrial Light and Magic, th- those guys will make it look fucking natural. Yeah, yeah. Or or they could just do uh, uh, what they did back in the original uh, 60s Batman and just make up right over the mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's because Cesar Romero refused to fucking shave. He, but... he refused to take his mustache off, so they just... But, but like, even in, uh, uh, in, in Avengers, the original Avengers movie, the, uh, the shawarma scene, the reason... Chris Evans is facing away from the camera with his face to his to his head is because he was filming Snowpiercer at the time that they called him in to film that scene. Yeah, because that, that, that was a because that was a last minute scene that that was filmed after the movie was edited. Yeah, it was it was the very last thing they filmed. For. They called him in for reshoots. They did that and he couldn't get rid of the beard because contractually he needed it for Snowpiercer. Yeah, I'm, I actually I'm pretty sure that that scene was actually filmed after the movie premiered. So it like was. it pre- like it, you had like the Hollywood premiere and then like a week later is when it's actually available for the general public and I'm pretty sure yeah. it was filmed in like that week. It was it was either filmed in that week or just not put on the Hollywood premiere till after till like the very first viewing. Yeah. of Avengers post that Hollywood premiere. But no, I like I agree. Like like if she is unable to to do the role because of personal beliefs like then like she sh- they should recast her like it's that simple because like frankly if she's against if she's against the vaccine then she's also probably not keen on like masks and social distancing 
which is just putting hundreds and hundreds of people at risk on the set yep. of those movies. Exactly. And and here's I don't know if she's anti-mask or if she's just anti-vax. There and there is there can be a difference. I'm not trying to support one belief or the other or say one belief is better than the other. They're both stupid. But if you're just an, you can be anti-vax but not be anti-mask. You're not hundred oh, percent. But I'm I'm just saying like there there is a the Venn diagram of people that are against the COVID vaccine that also don't want to wear a mask is damn Almost close to a, a circle. circle. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I totally agree. But it's like, I don't know where she fits on the anti-mask area. I think it's more of she's she's not from what I read, from what I've seen. She's not like a I don't believe that the virus is real. I believe the virus. She believes the virus is real. She just doesn't trust the science of the vaccine and doesn't trust vaccines in general. But I mean, you know, we probably already have Gwyneth Paltrow in 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 the in the MCU that also is probably very much anti-vax. Uh-oh. You know, so. you know what my favorite fucking Gwyneth Paltrow thing is? I, I was just reading this the other day. Um, apparently, part of her like health regimen is every day she drinks a bottle of alkaline water with alkaline. a lemon spritz. Lemon fucking makes it not alkaline anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So she drinks water with lemon. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate it. Like, I watched, I've been watching uh, The Chef Show to go to sleep lately, and I skip over the episode that has her on. Well, no, I can't because it's the episode that also has all the rest of the Avengers stuff on it. So, like, her part, I will fast forward. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about you at all. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, so are you guys ready for me to, to very quickly review a bunch of shit? Um, yeah, rapid fire. Let's go. All right, so I watched a whole bunch of stuff this week. Uh huh. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to make notes of of what time time it is. Sorry. It's seven forty five. So I watched Eternals. I heard it's all right. It's not bad. Um, it's definitely not the best movie. It's not as bad as everyone keeps making it out to be. It should have been a Disney Plus series. So, uh, uh, and uh, my question from uh, between Thor two and the best. Marvel movie, whichever you would say the best Marvel movie, where would this lie in between? Oh, it's like a it's like a dead center. Like So like, is it is it better than Black Widow? Or even with Black Widow or slightly better? I'd, like it's it's honestly around even with Black Widow, I think. Okay. maybe a maybe I might if I was actually sitting here and ranking all like twenty two, twenty three movies, uh-huh. it might fall under Black Widow. Like if I really sat down and just thought about all of the movies, but it's definitely not look, it is better than Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> That's not a Marvel movie, though. I don't care. I'm I'm am setting that expectation right there. Um, mm-hmm. it is better than Too Fast, Too Furious. It is also better than Fast and Furious, the the fourth movie. Not as good as Fast Five. Okay, okay. Um, because I I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I was supposed to see it uh, opening weekend, but uh, I had to bring my dog to the vet, and it took over an hour before they even got to see him. Uh, so I missed the movie. Um. But I've been told that it is uh, very much like go into it expecting basically expect the Odyssey and not just like a, a singular story. Expect something over a long period of time that's more epic and less of like superhero super heroics. Yeah, so it's it's very long. It's like two and a half hours, and it's broken up where it, it jumps around in time because they're the Eternals. They have literally been around for forever like for the the extent of human existence um yeah i i think the i think the time frame is actually like seven thousand years like 
the movie kind of jumps across 7,000 years of time. Yeah. Um, and I think that stuff's really interesting. I, and I think like the whole cast really good. Even like, I'm not a huge Angelina Jolie fan and it's, I don't think she's a bad actress. I just, the movies that she does, I don't generally like, like she just doesn't, she's not in movies I enjoy. Are, um, are you saying you didn't like Julie? I don't even know what the fuck that is. Uh, it was an Angelina Jolie movie. Um, I've never heard know, of that. I don't know. I think it was called Julie. Wait, are you thinking of the Jennifer Lopez movie? No. I know what movie you're thinking of, but now I'm fucking blanking on the name of it. Who, me oh. or him? No, uh, Richie. Well, I'm pulling up her IMDb, and I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of movies that she's in and be like, you didn't like that? You didn't like that? Hold on. All filmography. Now, so you didn't, you didn't like uh, the Maleficent movie? Nope. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, I I didn't even make it through the whole thing. I was so bored. But again, like I don't think she was bad in it per se. I just don't like the movies she does. You didn't like the Tomb Raider movies? Nope, they were garbage. The 2018 oh God, one, so much sad. better. Is Gia not Geely? Gia, I believe is what I'm thinking. Geely, I, I, I think is that Jennifer Lopez movie that had Ben Affleck in it. Yeah, like like that that was like peak Benifer. So it's uh, uh, Gia. You didn't like Gia, which it, it was a never even heard of it. movie. You probably never would have seen it. Uh, Gone you know in 60 Hack- Seconds. Loved Hackers. Hackers. Hackers is her best movie. Um, Sky Captain of the World Tomorrow. That was such a good movie. You know what? I forgot she was in that one. That one wasn't bad. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, I mean, I like Brad Pitt. Like, he was good in that movie. That that wasn't a good movie, though. Uh, let's see. Aunt, uh, Beowulf was all right. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. I've never seen any of the Kung Fu Pandas. They're all right. Uh, wanted? Like, again, like, it was, it was, it was a mediocre movie. Uh, and now we're, now we're in, uh, current day. But yeah, like, like, uh, again, I don't think she's a bad actress. I just generally don't like the movie she's in. Or mm-hmm. like, I find them kind of middling at best. But like, she was actually, I really liked her character in this one. Um, she was kind of probably the most diverse character. Like, not like, diverse is the wrong word. She kind of had the most going on, like, characteristically, I guess you'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, like the the whole cast was good. Um, Kumail Nanjani is is amazing. He he's he's just hilarious in it, and he do, he does finger guns, which is great. Like mm-hmm. his actual his attack is basically finger guns, but he actually shoots shit when he does it. Okay. Um, but one of the internals, it's it's the black dude that um Rob Stark breaks his table from IKEA in the in the trailer. Um, he is basically like magic Tony Stark. So, like, you know, in all the Iron Man movies, how, like, Tony do- and, and Spider-Man did it in the last Spider-Man 2, where, like, Tony does, like, the 3D imaging, and he just fucking puts the holograms together and then throws it at a computer, and the computer just prints his Iron Man armor? Yeah. Um, that's basically what this Eternal's power is. He just fucking, like, he, he, he creates holograms, puts them together, and it makes, it, like, 3D prints shit out of thin air. It's cool, cool as hell. He's, a, um, he's 3D printer man. Yeah, basically, yeah. But, yeah, like... The characters were all actually really cool. Um, probably, actually, probably the best one was the little girl they had playing Sprite. Sprite. Um, I think the girl is like thirteen or fourteen in, in real life, but she's playing a character that is basically stuck in a child's body, but that is seven thousand years old. Okay. Um, and like that girl did a really good job of seeming like she was much older than she actually was, while also still being a child. Uh, but yeah, like I, th- I think the thing that got this movie down was it had too much history. Like, and not that the history was bad, but it was too much to try and fit into a two and a half hour movie and still have like a cohesive, interesting movie. Mm, so yeah. like, if this had been a Disney Plus series and they could do do it like five, eight episodes, whatever, um, 
and have it stretch, you know, five to eight hours of content. They could have told this amazing story through the ages. And even if it was sort of framed around the present day stuff going on, um, and just had like every episode has some sort of like a flashback or something. Cause that's kind of how yeah, the movie went they, anyway. They could have, they could have arrowed it basically. Like every episode is focusing on like one of the major yeah. Marvel events or lost. flashes back or lost. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, not a bad movie it, by any, like, the people that were that are calling it garbage and the worst MC movie, like, it's not. Like, they haven't seen Thor The Dark World. Like, <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had I had somebody, like, I posted online, like, I want to see this movie, and they, they just responded, don't. I'm like, why not? Because it's absolute garbage. I'm like, I will make my own opinion. And they turn around, like, they introduced Batman in the MCU, and I'm like, cool. I don't no, care. They, no, they don't. Apparently, like, and Eric, Eric even, he's like, well, they, they, they mentioned Alfred Pennyworth and Superman by name. So, like, oh, yeah, they're, so, yes. So, in that case, they basically established that DC Comics as yeah. an entertainment platform exists in the MCU. Ex exactly. And so somebody hated it because Batman is in the MCU or, I don't like, know. They just, they, they went into it. And again, like, anytime I've talked about it, even on stream, like, I'm like, look, I have not seen it, but from what I hear, go into it not expecting a superhero film. Expect something else. Expect, expect something more of an epic, more of a tale over a long period of time. And, like, everyone who's saying that it's garbage is probably saying it's garbage because they're looking at Endgame and Iron Man and all of this other shit that Marvel's done and not, like, this whole world-building thing, which is what The Eternals is. And I think that that is probably part of the problem is the last few movies that people are remembering are the Avengers movies that basically built up to a confrontation with Thanos, who is arguably one of like the top three Marvel villains at this point that they've had yeah. in, in any of their media. Yeah. Um, the So I'll, I'll say it this way. In Eternals, the enemies, super boring. They're generic. They're, there's nothing really all that exciting about them. The villain, interesting, would have been better in a series, though. Because it's, again, like, the, between time, time constraints and having, like, a, a fairly large cast and a lot of time they're trying to... Because they're basically trying to explain to you, like, what these guys were doing for 7,000 years yeah. without going, like, decade by decade. Um, but, I mean, look, you got to see Jon Snow and Rob Stark act together again. Uh -huh. yeah. I haven't seen yeah. that since, like, 2011. Because, like, they never saw each other after the first season. And, and back then, they were children. Yeah, and, like, honestly, like, um... I cannot actually think of the actor's name, but Rob Stark. Um, like, he was really good as Icarus. He was very much like Superman in it, which is funny, because um, that's actually where the Superman reference comes from, if I remember correctly. Um, but there's a little kid that basically calls him Superman and says something about wearing a cape, and he, like, squats down to the kid and smiles and says, I don't wear a cape. No capes. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't get all the hate for it. Like, it was enjoyable enough. It was a little too long, and again, like, like most Marvel movies, the enemy and the villains were the least interesting part of it. But like in this case, the the villain would have been way cooler in a in a series that could have fleshed it out more and like yeah. kind of like left that suspense hanging more. Yeah. Um. But other than Eternals, I also watched uh the new Rock Ryan Reynolds uh Gal Gadot movie uh Red Notice on mm -hmm. Netflix. And I've seen that? It looks interesting. I didn't watch it yet. Oh, you said I've seen it. I thought you like you've seen it. Like, I've seen, like, trailers and whatever, but I haven't You're aware it. of ex its existence. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is fine. It, too, is better than Too Fast, Too Furious. Not as good as Fast Five. 
come on, Too Fast, Too Furious is not that bad. It is the worst of the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't say much when you're talking about cinema- cinematic masterpieces. I mean, that's that's valid. Yeah, but um, this movie is definitely, it's it's paint by numbers for a heist movie. Uh-huh. Um, the twist, the, there is a twist in it, did not 100% see it coming, but expected a variation of it, I guess I should say. Um, I mean, The Rock and Ronald Reynolds are very entertaining together. Um, Gal Gadot isn't in it enough. Um, and like, but like, so like, minor spoiler, she's kind of the villain as far as like okay. this movie has a villain. Um, cause, and the, the, if you read the, the blurb for it, um, Ryan Reynolds is a, an art thief. So is Gal Gadot. Um, they're like, um, rival art thieves, basically. And The Rock is an FBI profiler. Okay. Who is literally trying to catch them both. Um, and he basically gets tangled with Ryan Reynolds in, in a thing. And Gal Gadot is kind of like the antagonist against them. And like, she plays a really good antagonist, like, like a very good bad guy in this movie. Um, and there's just not enough of her in it, unfortunately. But otherwise, it's, it is just a very, it's very paint by numbers as far as like a heist movie goes. Um, it was definitely something, it feels like they were just trying to set up like a franchise. Like th- this was just them kind of doing a quick layup to start a franchise. Cause it ends in such a way where there's definitely going to be another one. Um, especially because it is like the, the biggest opening day views for a Netflix movie ever. Which like, mm-hmm. who would have thought it? Three of the biggest names in Hollywood had a huge, um, movie release on a streaming platform, right? Yeah. Um, it wasn't awful though. Like it, it had some laughs. Um, I wouldn't, don't go like, don't go out of your way to watch it, but like, if you're just looking for a movie to watch, like, it's at least, it, it's like a fun popcorn movie. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's got some, some cool history things, but like, not real history. It's definitely fake history. Um, and you know, it's got all the, 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 it's got Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds and The Rock being The Rock. Like, <laughs> if you like those things in movies, it, you'll at least have a good time. And I do like those things in movies. Yeah. I so think you'll, you'll have a good time. Exactly. Uh, and then to keep, to keep on the rock train, I watched Jungle Cruise. I heard it's... that was entertaining. It was. So it, it's on, um, it's, it's now part of Disney Plus. You don't have to pay the, the extra fee to watch it anymore. Oh, okay. Um, and it's The Rock and Emily Blunt. And I actually, I think Emily Blunt's great and stuff too. Like, I actually can't think of a movie that I, that I've seen with her that wasn't at least passingly good. Um, and yeah, so it's, she plays, so the movie is set in like the early 1900s. She plays somebody who is trying to find this legendary, like, cure all, basically, that's hidden, it's, it's hidden somewhere in the Amazon rainforest. Okay. And her and her brother are relatively wealthy. But it's at a time in the world where, like, women are basically, like, frowned upon. Like, they're secretaries. They're not anything else. And they try to get funding by her basically writing a paper that her brother reads to, like, a a group of old white men to try and get them to fund them going to the Amazon. And that fails. Um, So they kind of just make their way on their own. And they hire The Rock to drive them to this place because he claims to know where it's at. And there's also Nazis hunting them. (laughs) Or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, this is pre-Nazis, so they're just Germans. Um, cause this is during World War One or just after World War One. I forget exactly where it falls. Um, but, uh, but, but the, the head, like, German bad guy, I think I said Russians, didn't I? No, you, uh, you said Germans. 
Okay. The the head German bad guy is uh Jesse Plemons. I don't know if you guys know him from anything, but he he's always fun and stuff. The name's familiar. He's also he's a guy that looks like a lot of other guys too. But um it was a fun movie. It was a hundred percent them trying to duplicate the success of the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Like it, it it's it's you could almost like line things up with like plot points of of stuff. And even the way some of like the villains look in it, very much reminiscent of the the pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's not actually a bad thing, because that original Pirates movie, it's a good fucking movie. But I feel like it tried a little too hard to recapture that and it did hurt it a little bit. But it was overall actually super, super entertaining. It was fun. Uh there there there's a twist in this one too that I did actually did not see coming. And did not see coming. Ha <laughs> ha! German Nazi. Yeah, yeah but the, this is before the Nazis, man. But they did not see coming. Well, the, the Germans didn't see the Nazis coming either. That you know what? That's fair. That is <laughs> that is accurate. But yeah, I would. If you guys have Disney Plus, uh, and you you want to just watch kind of like a like a silly popcorn movie, like you could do far worse. And like it's got a good cast. Oh, fucking Paul Paul Giamatti's in it. Okay, anything that Paul Giamatti's in, you gotta watch. And he plays like, he plays like a scoundrel dude. Like, like, he, he's down in the, he's down in the Amazon buying up all the boats. Like, he's, he's that guy. And he, you know, he's always good and stuff. Love Paul Giamatti. But, yeah, me too. But yeah, it, it was fun. Um, again, I'm trying to think of if there was anything like especially worth mentioning without spoiling anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's worth checking out at some point, I'd say. And then, um, Rich, you, you might care about this a little bit. I'm not sure if there's any place that you could watch it, but um, over the last like week or two, um, Erica and I watched uh, the the anime Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I hear it's really good. Yeah, so it, it's only one season so far. I think a second season has been announced for it. Um, it's so it's kind of like a like a bleach like a like a bleach sort of setup where there are demons and there's they call it cursed energy, and so they're not actually demons; they're curses. And not normal people can't see curses. You have to be born with this ability to see them. And generally, if you can see them, you can also utilize curse energy. And it follows um the, the main character. He can't see them at the beginning, but he's just like ridiculously strong, like unnaturally so. Um, In the very first episode, one of the first things that happens is he is part of like the paranormal club at school Um, only because the club needed at least three members to be a club, and he felt bad that it only had two members. So, like, he doesn't even actually care about that stuff. He just wants to make sure the people that can do it can be in the club. Okay. And, like, one of the sports club coaches tries to force him into, like, track or something. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, makes him do a shot put competition. And this guy is, like, he was a former world record holder in the show for, for a shot put. And he throws it, and he throws it really far. And then the main character is like looking at it. He's like, can I just throw this however I want? And he's like throwing the, the shot put up and down like a baseball. And then just literally like pulls back and like launches it like a baseball, like all the way across the field, like way further than you can reasonably throw a shot put. And like he has no special powers. He's just like that sort of strong guy. Um, and then like shit happens and like a curse attacks and he ends up, um, it's available on HBO Max. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Cause you know what? It's a crunchy roll dub. So that makes sense. It just got put onto Funimation because of like the deal. But um he ends up eating a demon's finger and basically like now he has to eat all of the demon's fingers because he might be the only human capable of doing it and it's like the strongest demon ever. 
So eventually he's going to eat the last finger and then probably have to be killed because the demon will take him over. Um, but it's just, it's got a really interesting world and set of rules kind of built around it and like how each person kind of has their own specialty and way of attacking. So, um, Itadori is the main guy. I just finally remembered his name. When he finally learns how to like do stuff, um, he's basically just a brawler. Like he, he punches and when he punches, he punches with, with this cursed energy. Um, one of the other characters, um, who, Rich, if you care, is actually voiced by Robbie Damon. Um, I, you know, I think you might have brought that up. You might have talked to me about it earlier this Yeah, so, um, his, Robbie his character- great. Yeah. His character can, like, summon, um, familiars. Like, like, cursed dogs and frogs and stuff like that. Almost like, like a Naruto summoning. Like, he can just summon these things to, like, help him fight or to, um, capture and contain enemies, things like that. Uh, one of the main, the main female character, um, she does, she almost does like voodoo curses. She has a straw doll, and if she can get something of the person's and attach it to the straw doll, she can then like hit it with a hammer and cause actual damage to it. And like, like just weird stuff like that. And it's just, it was a really cool, interesting show. Okay. And I'm, I'm hopeful that a second season happens sooner rather than later because it sort of let, it left off after like, they have a school festival arc in a way, only it's um it's full or I'm sorry, a sports festival arc. Uh-huh. But it's just battle. So like it's it's the two different uh jujutsu sorcerer schools kind of have to compete. And that kind of happens and a bunch of stuff kind of gets like revealed and done and then the season's over and it's like, "Well, what the fuck?" Yeah. Um but yeah, I I think it is like in the vein of shows that you tend to like, so you'd actually probably enjoy it a bunch once you catch up on all the uh CW shows. Almost there, man. Almost there. You just have the Flash to do now, right? Uh, yeah, and I have to keep up on. I have the Flash and all of this season's episodes of the other shows, minus the first for both. Um, I actually watched the first and second for Legends, so I have like four more for Legends and five more for Batwoman. And but then you, you, you do have to watch Superman Flash. and Lois. I look. That's I'm not too focused on getting that done because the new season hasn't even been announced. No, it comes out in January. Oh, well, then I've got time. I've got Oh, time. yeah. I didn't mean you I... had to do it, like, this week. I just meant, like, once you catch up on everything and you're on that, like, weekly roll, yeah. then you can... I would say then you can watch Jujutsu Kaisen, and then you can watch Super uh, yeah, Superman and yeah. Lois. It's with, with Superman and Lois and even with The Flash. The Flash, I have five weeks to watch all of last season and this season. Superman and Lois, I have a three months, probably, give or take. That's true. That uh, is very so... true. I've got, I've got time. It's, I, the only, I only had to do that woman and, and, and Legends so quick because they were, their fifth episode, or sixth episode aired, airs tonight. So I like got it done just under one. Yeah. And then, I mean, you also, you'll be able to, um, I, I assume in the next month or two, probably be able to watch Supergirl. Cause I assume that'll probably hit one of the streaming platforms sooner rather than later since it was the final season. It should be on Netflix within like two months probably. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, anyway, so the, the last thing I watched though, um, I watched the, the two existing seasons of Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that show is really good, guys. Yeah, I, um, I'm jealous because I never, uh, actually got that, uh, free, what was it, like six months or whatever for. Yeah, of Apple TV Plus. Yeah, I never got that. Um, and so I'm missing out on it and I hear it's great and it frustrates me how good I hear it is. Because I believe we talked about this last week. I watched Fake Doctors Real Friends, 
and for probably the first five to ten minutes of every episode of the Scrubs rewatch show, they talk about how good Ted Lasso is. No, and, and like, like that's it really is that good. I I know, I know, and I'm not I'm not like I'm not mad at the show. I'm just I want to watch it but I can't because I don't have Apple T V and I'm fuck paying for it because fuck having any more streaming services. Honestly, I would 100% say that, like, when you have the time that you can sit down and just... They're, they're half half hour to 45 minute episodes, generally. Um, and I think it's 22 or 23 episodes for the two seasons. Um, when you have the time that you can just kind of binge them, sign up for the free, like, seven days or whatever. Or even if you have to pay for one month of it, it's 100% worth that one month to just binge it all. And then just pay for the one month when seasons wrap up. Because, like, Drew, I think you would even enjoy Ted Lasso. Yeah, probably. So, do you guys know what it's about in any way, shape, or form? It's like an American football coach that goes over to England and coaches a British soccer team. Yeah, but it's even better than that. So, he was a Division II football coach for, like, a Kansas City college that, like, or a Kansas college that, like, they weren't even, like, a good team. Like, he apparently, like, he, he got them, I think he got them to a championship. So this um kind of mid-league, premier league um football team like hired him and his assistant coach to come coach th- their team. Um strictly because the owner was mad at her ex-husband and wanted to ruin the team. But Jason Sudeikis's Ted Lasso is such a nice fucking guy that just everyone that doesn't like him at the beginning just loves him by the end. Mm-hmm. Like he makes he literally becomes friends with everybody and he is just he is such a, a positive and nice guy. Um, and just some of the shit that like is said in this show. So the, the British like their tea. Um, the first time somebody gives him tea and he sips it, he immediately spits it back out and says, this is garbage water. <laughs> um, he also, uh, a couple times he is given fizzy water and doesn't know it's fizzy and proceeds to immediately spit it out, including at one point spitting it all over his boss. Just mouthful of water all over her. It was great. Um, but the show also has some of the, the, the funniest characters, like, in anything. Um, there's, there's one character, Roy Kent. He is, like, the elder statesman on the team. Does nothing but curse and hate everybody. Um, to the point where, like, his, he watches his niece a lot, and his niece keeps getting trouble, in trouble at school for cursing the way he does. Um, there was one episode where it was, like, a Christmas episode, and his niece had been picked on for having bad breath, and they find out that she does have really bad breath. So he literally just takes her around and knocks on everybody's door in his neighborhood until he finds a dentist and like curses at them the whole time for like not being dentists. And yeah, it's just, it's hilarious. It is probably the best show I've seen this year. Yeah. yeah just, just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about it, but like, I understand why it made, it, it has been um nominated for like every TV award. Yeah. It's I like it. Yeah. And it does sound like a very great show and it's a, it's a Bill Lawrence show. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's a Bill Lawrence show, which is why they talk about it a lot on Scrubs. And it's also, I believe, uh, um, Zach Braff directed, like, the second or third episode, which is why like, he is, he was going to whatever award show was last week. Because he was, like, the Golden Globes? Not, uh, whatever TV, uh, maybe it was the, uh, I guess, the Golden Globes, I don't know. But he was nominated as Best Director of for that episode that he directed. Oh, nice. I wonder what episode he directed. I'll have to look I, it up. I think it was like second or third episode. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't late in, in the series. 
Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look because I'm honestly not sure which one it would have been. But uh, yeah, biscuits. I mean that I I don't know the episode titles, so I'll have to I'll once it's, I'll, it's, I'll it's look and see what the synopsis two. is of season two. one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I think I remember what that was. We watched it so quickly though that it, it's hard to separate mm-hmm. episodes like that. But yeah, yeah, such a good show. Like I. I, I'm kind of upset that I waited as long as I did to watch it, but I'm also glad because I was able to just watch the full two seasons all kind of at once. So, yeah. So it's it's uh, the episode where he it's his first day coaching. Um, oh, okay. Uh, there, uh, uh, spite of all the negativity thrown at him from the fans and Rebecca's initial disinterest in him and his daily cookies or biscuits is what it says based. Uh, little tag on Luke. Oh yeah, he he makes he he makes her a little box of like um shortbread cookies every day, mm-hmm. and I don't know that she ever finds out that he's actually like making them himself. Um, because she sends her assistant to every bakery in London to try and find those those cookies because they're so good. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It's one of those shows where like it's it's very rarely like like negative funny the way like the office was Mm -hmm. like you know like like the office was funny because they were all kind of like everyone was kind of shitty to each other in that show but not like as shitty as like um always sunny yeah um in this show it's just like there's a couple there there's one guy who is very much a piece of shit in like the first season and kind of gets better as it goes on but even like roy who is very aggressive and and like outwardly mean is actually super nice and caring he's just very harsh with the way he like talks and everything but like everything is just kind of always positive and when it does take that like emotional turn like ted has a bunch of panic attacks and as the series goes on like they they make that work and it doesn't feel out of place in a in an otherwise funny show okay and and they fucking play um rick astley like three times in an episode <laughs> um the, the uh, rebecca like that she is the owner of the team her dad dies i believe and so she's staying at her mom's house, and her mom has basically, like, all of the smart devices set up to play Never Gonna Give You Up as an alarm in the whole house every day. <laughs> so, like, she literally gets woken up one morning to Never Gonna Give You Up. And then while I'm doing the, the eulogy at the church, kind of, like, stumbles over things, and then start then she starts singing Never Gonna Give You Up to the point where the whole church starts singing it with her. That's great. Yeah. It's really good. Um... But yeah, I think I think that's probably it. Other than um, the book club will be next week, and uh, we are going to be listening to three episodes of the Giant Beast Cast from GiantBomb.com. It's their their holiday specials from 2016, and then the two parter from 2017 slash 2018. So it's uh, episodes 84, 134, and 136. Have either of you guys started them yet? No. When do you think I would have had time to start them? I don't know, man. I've been what watching, else? Do you... Been watching CW shows during work this entire week. That's fair. That's fair. Well, you only have a, you, you only have another week to to listen to to them. What is it like? Nine hours? It's like six, and you can listen to it at like one and a half times, and it sounds fine. Oh, then I'll, I'll 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 have it done. I'll have it done. Yeah, like I listened to the first one, the the heist one. I forgot how goofy that um that system was, and that like. I remembered that they had, like, a robot on their team. Totally forgot how just fucking stupid the robot was, though. <laughs> like, even just its name. Like, Vinny trying to come up with it with what the, the... He has a name and then tries to make it an acronym and, like, on the fly tries to decide what the acronym is. 
man, those were good times. I hope they do one of those this year. But otherwise, uh, that's probably going to be the end of the show, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about. Nope. No, I think that's about it. All right. Well, in that case, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also uh, help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can support us by going to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the fun places. Uh, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Those things all help a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media. We are at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram or facebook.com slash one quest online. And uh, Richie has been posting stuff on there a lot more frequently than I ever did because I'm fucking bad at that. You need uh, hashtags, <laughs> dude. Anytime you post, you don't do any hashtags. You need hashtags. So I don't ever post on, on Twitter. Um, that's auto, that's auto for, for that stuff. Um, it, usually if I post anything, I, 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 I'll post like pictures on Instagram and then I do do some hashtags, but don't need hashtags. Like, like I said, I don't actually post it to Twitter. Um, WordPress does that automatically. Same thing with, um, Facebook. Like when the, when the episode gets posted to them, it's automatically posted. Uh, but yeah, you can also find us, uh, find our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash one quest on or one quest video. Apologies. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See ya.